Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. The long and winding road that leads to your door will never disappear. I've seen that road before. It always leads me here, leads me to your door. Welcome to Cop On Podcast, you dazzling pink Organvillea. My name's Owen, and I'm as excited as the whirliest of dervishes because, my dear, dear friends, the new season is nigh. Copon is a podcast dedicated to the worldwide Liverpool FC family, and thus our doors are always flung wide open to all. So please do get in touch if that sort of thing butters your sandwich. We are available on Twitter at CopOnPodcast or via email CopOnPodcast at gmail.com. On today's episode, we're going to review the Community Shield, preview Norwich, talk about the end of the transfer window and much, much more. So, as my nephew said to me when we were standing on the side of a swimming pool just a couple of weeks ago, let's, let's just jump in. Thank you for joining me. I've got uh, Tivia, I've got uh, Karen, I've got Majd. Um, and uh, for the first time, uh, Tivia, I'm going to start with you because, you know, welcome to Cop On Podcast. Cop On, I want Cop On to be open for everybody. I'm really happy that you're joining us. And I want to start with a question about the Community Shield, or as Harvey Elliott called it, the McDonald's Cup which is absolutely superb. Um, basically, um, you know, did it matter to you, Tivia? Did it matter, this game? I mean, you know, did you celebrate a lot when Matip scored? Or, you know, were you weeping into your pillow when we lost the penalties? I mean, di- I mean, do you really care? First of all, thank you for having me on board. But regarding the game, I wasn't feeling felt anything because it was just a part of pre-season because the real season is haven't started yet. So yeah, it was. Uh, I saw the sign of progress in our team, and for me, the performance was the most important thing than the trophy itself because it's not a trophy. We wouldn't be there if know City didn't win the Premier League and also the FA Cup. So it did not matter to me. And I was like just lying down on the bed and while well, Matip scored. So that's my usual celebration. I don't celebrate before the 90 minutes, the whistle blown. I usually celebrate after 90 minutes. But I would say the positive thing was the second half actually. It was a great one, I, I would say. But yeah, it doesn't matter the trophy for me. Well, that's an excellent answer. What, what you you normally just just stay sort of emotionless, like Rafa Benitez when we when we score a goal. Yes, yes, because uh, I would say for me, uh, even though we scored early, you know, for me, I don't feel like we want to celebrate that because there are more more time ahead of us. So I would prefer to celebrate like right after the ninety minutes, you know, because you never know what's gonna happen in the next few minutes. Anything can change. This is football. So I would be emotionless for the ninety minutes. Then after the ninety minutes I will start celebrate. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, excellent. That's very good. You've got way more self-control than I do. I mean, I'm sometimes, I don't know. I mean, I'm just like a, 
I don't know, I'm running around like a loony. Karen, were you running around like a loony when Matip scored? Did it matter to you too much, this game? You know me, and I always celebrate a goal. Um, yeah, I did celebrate. The game did matter to me because um, the that game was sort of a preparation for the Premier League. And we're going to have a really long season. So if we play this game like we are in the Premier League and we're facing Manchester City, then it would be like a real preparation. And that's what I've seen in the game. Yeah, the game didn't matter to some people. It did matter to some people. But um, like Tivia said, the preparation and the way we are playing, the way we are preparing ourselves for the league, that's important. And um, I felt the same because the way we we uh, started the game and then the way we progressed, and it just felt so... Uh, great to see the boys fighting for it. It's just, it's just community shield, but they're really giving a fight to Man City, and we really got them where they shouldn't. They didn't expect us to play such heavy metal football, and we literally just caught them, and um, they had no way to escape. And a goal was imminent. Um, it's unlucky you just scored one, but we could have scored plenty. We had plenty of shots on target, um, but unfortunately, we could only convert one of them. But I'm really happy with the performance, and since the Lyon uh, game, I think I've seen what Liverpool really plays, and I think we should really carry this sort of play uh, throughout the season. Yeah, the the match did matter to me. Um, unfortunately, we lost. I I would have celebrated even if we won. So I'm still celebrating because we really played great. Yeah, that's an excellent answer as well. Yes, and that, so as uh, TV and uh, and Karen have, have have already said, Majd, I mean, it is the performance that that we're really going to take positives out of, isn't it? I mean, it's it's uh, there's a lot to be positive. I mean, what, what 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 positives can you take out of that game and that performance? So many positives out of that game. I personally was watching it on the edge of my seat because that's how I watch games. I hated that they scored on us. I hated that first half performance because I thought only Salah and Firmino looked on it and the whole team was just messing around a little bit. And then the second half came and it was fabulous. We genuinely dominated City and that was one of the most dominant performances I've ever seen us put against the top team. So that's a huge positive. When one of our strikers, when Mo Salah outshoots the entire City team, that is a great sign because... That means that they weren't able to shut us out. They weren't able to cut off our chances. We were able to create a ton of chances. We probably should have won that game 3 or 4-1, honestly. And, yeah, that performance in the second half is great. And the one surprise, the one surprise that nobody expected was Adam Lallana coming on and contributing really well to the attack and doing some really good stuff on the ball. So it's great to see Klopp kept saying he's like a new signing, so... Maybe yeah. he is. Maybe he is. <laughs> I, I might be a uh, Lalana believer now. Who knows? And the one thing that I think is really important is that this is this is City's main back line. This is City's back four, basically. Yes, they don't have Ederson, but I don't think he's a great keeper anyway, so it doesn't matter. But this is their back four. This is If we play them next week, this is basically their back four. Maybe Laporte gets in ahead of Otamendi, but I don't think he's that great either. So if we play them the same way we did in the second half, we can genuinely take six points off them this year. And that's a great positive for me. 
that's hugely positive. And yeah, I mean, it's very interesting, isn't it? City, how they, I mean, they, they didn't seem to have any answers in the second half. I mean, you know, looking at some of the stats, I mean, we had uh, 17 shots uh, to their eight uh, which is amazing. We had nine shots on target. Uh, but in terms of, you know, uh, past success was 86%. And I read somewhere we had around about 64% possession in the second half, which is just amazing. And I love the way we changed, uh, you know, our tactics. And we, we, we just managed to dominate. And we also looked very fit, didn't we? Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Mo Salah, you mentioned as well. He was my man of the match. Uh, TV, I'll ask, ask you for yours in a minute. I mean, if you've got any other standout performers. But um, I've got some stats here from at LFC Data on Twitter. Mo Salah versus Manchester City. 96% passing success, which, uh, which was uh, 22 out of 23 passes. And if you look across any league and across any attacking player, that is phenomenal. Because if you think about it, he had three people around him pretty much all the time to get 22 out of 23 passes is superb he managed to have eight shots two of them hit the woodwork three were on target um he even made one out of two tackles <coughs> i'm choking these stats are so good um he made one interception and and five out of seven dribbles um the most on the pitch he was brilliant tv and i'm just thinking you know uh, Mo Salah, I mean, pff, he's in my fantasy team. He's the captain. Um, I know Maz was talking about. We were talking about it before in the WhatsApp group. He's I've triple played him on my on on the first weekend because I think he's going to absolutely destroy Norwich. But uh, Mo Salah was was he your man of the match as well? TV. You know, I think for me, apart from Mo, I think Masip will be the man of the match for me. The second that follows Mo, but. For me, Mo, with his performance on that day, it was phenomenal, actually. You know, running from the back to the front and continuing it for 90 minutes, it's absolutely phenomenal. I think he deserved that man of the match on that day, yes. Totally, totally, absolutely. I mean, and Claudio Bravo was excellent for Man City. Um, another thing that happened in the in the McDonald's Cup was the booing of the national anthem. Um, it was uh, something that I don't know. I just I don't know, I'm curious to know what you think about it because uh, I don't know. Cop on is an international podcast. I want to be open to everybody. And personally, I'm from a tiny island. Uh, that is autonomous, uh, but it's tiny and it has it, its own national anthem, but I don't even know it. So if you played it to me, I don't know if I'd recognise it enough to boo it. Uh, but uh, these, the idea of national pride is not very big in my head. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel, Karen, about this idea of booing the national anthem or you just don't, don't really have an opinion, maybe, Karen? What do you think? Um, I don't have much knowledge, to be frank. But if I was a scouser and uh, my national anthem would be you'll never walk alone because um, as we all know that um, we are not recognized as Britishers. Um, they, they hate Liverpool Football Club, they hate scousers, they hate uh, people who live in Liverpool. Um, and the way, even in the Premier League, that I think every other club hates us when they play against us. And whatever the, the reasons are, whatever the whole this. Uh, situation is all about. Um, like I said, if I, if 
if I had to, you know, um, sing the national anthem, it would be You'll Never Walk Alone. Mm. That's the only thing I have to say about it. But um, I was just coming across this article at Liverpool.com where um, it is mentioned why Liverpool fans were booing the British national anthem and why it is totally justified. And I think it's a fantastic piece. I will uh, share this article with you later. Um, but um, the fact that the several thousands of Liverpool fans at Wembley Stadium were booing the national anthem, I think that's fantastic because of all the hatred that uh, that comes towards them. So I think it's totally justified. If I had more information on it, then I would definitely share. But unfortunately, this is all I know of. And um, I'll, I'll definitely read this article and share it across to you. Please do share that article. Yeah, we'll put it up on Twitter as well. And it's, um, it's uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I lived in Liverpool for a year and I don't know, there is a sort of anti-Scouse uh, thing and, uh, you know, the history with Thatcher and, you know, the, the, the lack of funding compared to other cities, even close cities like Manchester, does have something to do with it. I'm sure, but uh, I don't want to spend too long on on that stuff. It's a bit too political for me. I want to bring you on to two stupid comments. Um, Majd, uh, Bruno Sheru, of all people, criticised Bobby Firmino on French television because apparently Bobby Firmino doesn't score enough goals, and that made me laugh. Um, Majd, um, what do you think of Bobby Firmino? What, I mean, this is going to be a nice year for him, isn't it? And his performance was hugely encouraging as well, wasn't it? I think so, because what happened last year is clearly Bobby, after the World Cup, had a little bit of fatigue. That's That was evident to see. I thought Bobby, last, like when, in the beginning of last season, felt the fatigue of the World Cup and didn't start the season on fire. But this season... Oh my God, the guy is seriously in really top shape and he looks on it. His touch is there. His goal set is there. He scored against Leon a, co- a few days ago, so that's a good sign. And he followed up with a great performance against City, so I think things are looking really good. I know people criticize Bobby sometimes for not scoring enough goals, and I get that, but I wouldn't worry too much about it because... Last season, while Bobby didn't score against a lot of the weaker teams, he did score a lot of goals against top six. So that's his job, to score goals. And if he does it in the big games, that's a good thing. So I think we should be okay. We should be fine. Well, I kind of disagree with you there a bit, Mash, because I don't think it's his job. I don't think it's his job. I mean, he spent, uh, you know, a lot of time quite, quite deep. You know, he was winning tackles and he was playing, you know, very withdrawn. For, for a number nine, even a nine and a half, he's, he's very, very withdrawn for that. Uh, you know, to, he, it was to allow Origi to, to come in and play more of a forward with overlapping fullbacks. That was the idea. I don't think he's he's there to score that goal, you know, so many goals in the team. But but in, in like in 2017-18, he did score like 30 goals. So that was a ton of goals for us. So... Yes, maybe it's not the main responsibility because Salah has established himself as our main outlet and our main striker. But, I mean, it's part of his job, I guess. And I think he does enough of it. That's what I mean. He does enough of the scoring goals. And he does a lot of other stuff. We know about the tracking back, the pressing, the insane pressing, the linking up from midfield. Because our midfield is definitely the area where we struggle sometimes in. So, yeah, I, I understand all that. But... 
I still think part of his job is to score goals, and I think he does enough of it for us to be really happy with Bobby. And he's looking, he's starting the season really well. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it, absolutely. And that, yeah, I mean, that skill when he took that ball down from the air and flicked it over and then had the shot on the turn. Oh, that was magical. Absolutely magical. Sexy, exactly. Um, <laughs> Marvellous. Um, so moving on to the into the season then. Um, TV, um, we still have six uh, competitions that we can win. Uh, what do you think we're going to win this season? And uh, what's the minimum that you would be happy with? I would say we would like to go for all six. But if it's possible, let's win the Champions League again. Why not, right? Because all the teams in the Europe are very feared of us. So why not? We can have a shot there and also the Premier League. And... Despite the other clubs in the Premier League, you know, being like getting ready with their teams by adding lots of players, but I don't think so, you know, that will affect much in their performance. But I should say we should just focus on our team. You know, I think we will go for the Premier League again and for the Champions League. And maybe, I don't know, maybe the Super Cup is coming the next week. I think. That will be the minimum, I think. And also, maybe if it's possible, why not to win the Carling Cup? You know, yeah. I think these two, I think, is the most important. And also, the most minimal thing, I think, would be, I would say not enough, but I would say as a club like Liverpool, I think we should aim higher. It's not wrong on winning the Super Cups and also this FA Cup or the Carling Cups, but why not? We we could have we we can because we could you know the club has turned turned us from doubters to believers. I think we can go for all all of it this time. Just ignore the charity shield because I don't know. I I don't think it's a part. You know I don't think it is included. I don't know, <laughs> but I would say why not? We can just get all six maybe maybe I don't know if I'm too I'm I'm being too <laughs> ambitious. But no, I no, think, absolutely. I love it. I think maybe I think we will have a shot in Champions League again. I think so, and also the Premier League. I guess this too, and the most minimal I think will be the next week. I think we'll get it done. The Super Cup. I think we, it is returning to Anfield this time. Yes. But that's a fantastic answer. Uh, I love the Optus. We, we're just going to win all six. That's really good. That's really good. Um. I mean, we spoke a little bit uh, in the last episode, um, uh, Karen and Maz, I mean, we were all pretty confident that we can, we can get to a fourth successive European final, which you've got to remember, yes, we are Liverpool and we are back and we are back at the top. But you have to remember the context of when Jürgen took over. It's still not even four years ago. Uh, and this time, four years ago, we were starting a season having, um, you know, lost the game of the the last game of the season before 6-1 to Stoke so we have come an extraordinary long way in such a short time um some last minute transfer business since our last episode um a few words on the mig please uh karen um bless him i mean he sure tried um he'll never walk alone he, he will he has the respect of 
all Liverpool fans across the world because he tried his best. We love a trier. But, Karen, he was a bit rubbish, wasn't he, to be polite? Well, um, you know me, I don't really criticise harshly. But yes, um, Miggs was a good keeper. Um, He was not the best. If he was the best, then he would be number one. Um, But I would say that uh, he gave his all to the club all the six years he was with us. Um, I really respect him for his professionalism. Um, a lot of several players really admire his uh, his positive uh, feeling and his uh, professionalism. So I think uh, I stick to uh, I stick to the fact that yes, he was not really good, but um, he really gave his all. And I'm really thankful for everything he did for the club. Um, he had second lowest safe percentage, I think, in 17-18, and he was dropped for Carriers, and Carriers did really good. But um, overall, in a nutshell, I'll just say that he was a good keeper, not the best, but he gave us all, and I'm really grateful for his services. You're very diplomatic, absolutely. Yes, I mean, it's right. It's nice that you don't want to criticise um, keepers. Uh, I mean, Mazd, you're... Um, I mean, do, I mean, would you criticise him? I mean, for me, he 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 sort of played like he was made of melted butter for the for the last year or so. But uh, I don't know, Maz. A few words on the Mig. Oh God, it's the biggest letdown ever because on his debut, it was amazing. He saved the penalty. He was the hero, and it was great, you know. And then things just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And it's crazy how much his career could have been different because we could have won the title in 13-14. We could have won the Europa League, two Champions Leagues, and another title. It's crazy how much people would look at him differently if we won all that stuff. But I think at the end of the day, when people remember Mignolet, they remember all the mistakes. Unfortunately, as much as he tried, they only remember the mistakes. And there's a ton of them, unfortunately. So I think it's a good move for us. Let him go. We got someone in for free. I'm not really sure if Adrian is going to be good enough, but I think it's a good it's a good time to say goodbye. Six years is a long time at Liverpool, so yeah, that's my opinion. Well, that's a very excellent answer. Yes, again, excellent. Uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, as you mentioned, we now we now signed Adrian. Um, Liver- I mean, Jurgen Klopp likes to. Uh, compare Liverpool to Rocky Balboa and now he's signed Adrian Adrian uh, but uh, I mean I don't know uh, Adrian had the the fifth best save percentage in 17-18 when Mignolet was second bottom as as uh, Karen was saying before so Adrian was fifth best in the league uh, yeah and that was just two seasons ago so it looks like a good deal for us um, uh, yeah so Adrian in Mignolet out and uh, another player just from today that I learned uh, uh, Melissa Reddy put it on on Twitter um, that Harry Wilson's uh, going to Bournemouth for a medical I assume he's going to pass the medical and spend a year on loan there Um, what do you think of that one TV? I think it gives Wilson a great chance to develop himself as you know, Klopp has told him that he would be given Wilson a chance to prove himself, you know, to be, I don't know, to be part of the Liverpool squad. But for me, when I watch all the preseason games, I think Wilson didn't catch my eyes. And I think it goes the same for Klopp, apart from the goal that he scored against Leon. But I don't think his performance was 
that satisfying for Klopp, you know, to be to make him in the squad. I, I definitely, but I think it it is a it's a good time for him to go out and develop himself, especially in a Premier League club because last season he was in a league. Uh, I mean, the, uh, Derby. So I think this time it will be more competitive from what I what I think. I think it's a good move for Wilson. Yeah, I think so. It's a good move, move for Wilson to develop himself before he, so that he can prove himself in the Premier League. Then maybe he can catch Klopp's eyes. Maybe, maybe by next season he can come back and yeah, try a shot here. Maybe that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it, he he is a big Liverpool fan and he does see himself as a Liverpool player and and he will still be keen to come back and I and I love that attitude part of. Harry Wilson's game, but um, you know, in, in general, staying with you, Tivi, on on this transfer window. Um, so we've just changed our substitute goalkeeper and brought in a couple of kids. It's not what Twitter wants, but um, uh, are we stronger than last year, Tivi? Even though we haven't strengthened, if you know what I mean. Like for the you know all the experience of last year and winning the Champions League and you know now that uh, City have lost company uh, for example I think we yeah I think we've we've somehow strengthened even though we haven't brought anybody really in I mean do you agree with me Tim? I think I have to disagree with you there because as you realised last season the game against uh, West Ham and also uh, I'm not sure which game was there I think Trent was Unavailable, right? So we suffered that game. I think you know. Leicester was Leicester. Ah, yeah, Leicester, Leicester. I think, yeah, we suffered in that game to to be creative, especially from the flank. So I think, yeah, I think maybe we might not strengthen our squad, but I think Klopp believes in the squad now. That, uh, like especially you can just take an example like. James Milner, he can play anywhere on the pitch. So, I think Klopp, Klopp believes in the players that, you know, maybe they can just, how to say, step up in, in other than their role and perform there. But I don't, but it's going to be a tough one because we are going to be in the six, six major trophies. I think the it's going to be difficult when or when Dyke if they get injured because it's it's gonna change the whole Liverpool the way that we play it's gonna be different when these two are out yeah but I think I think we are not really strengthen our squad but I don't know we just have to believe in Klopp whatever he does like people say we are just one injury away you know for our season to be end so I think we didn't. I think we didn't strengthen our squad well. That's what I would say. But it doesn't mean that we need to bring in a lot of players. But it's just one or two players that who thinks who are capable enough to play in different positions. We didn't do that properly, I think. But yeah, whatever it is, we just have to trust in club. Maybe there's even if there's. We didn't get any players in this transfer window. I think there's a January transfer window. Maybe we can get a shot there. Yeah, I think, yeah, this, I, for me personally, I think Wendai and Salah is the most important players in the team. And yeah, 
like people say, they are just one injury away from for our season to be end in disaster, actually. <laughs> so sorry for saying that, but that's the truth. I don't know if anybody agrees with me, but that's the truth. Yeah. Well, that's very, yeah, very interesting answer. Um, do, do you agree, Karen? What do you What would you say? Um, I think uh, Klopp did a really good thing to sign long term contracts to several of our star players. Um, because you know how crazy the transfer market can be. And we've invested a lot in, in that area. So um, even though we had a lot of funds at the end of the season, um, I think it's really important that we invest smart. Um, it's not necessary to buy a player just for the sake of it. We need to buy the right player. We were linked with several players uh, in the transfer market. And um, Nicholas Pepe, for example, um, so, um, if that if that transfer is not materialized, then there would be a reason for it. Um, and like I said, that uh, it, it's it's just not that we just have to sign a player for the sake of it. Uh, we have to sign the right player. Um, and I think we are yet to see full potential of several players like Navigator, Fabinho, um, and I'm really excited to see uh, Kian Shine as well. So I think uh, Klopp really has put a lot of faith in his players. Um, he, uh, I know that we've invested in youngsters uh, because that would be a long-term project. And he's really thinking of the future rather than just for the next season. And I really admire that. Um, so I would say that this season, I think we're going to see a lot of Keta, Oxlade. Uh, we're going to see more of Fabinho. And I, I, I really think that Miller will deputize in several positions wherever um, we we need to sort of fill in. Um, I, I really want to see how Shakiri and Origi fills in the boots if in a particular game, if Salah or Mane doesn't play or whatever. I really want to see what plans he has with the squad because if he's not investing, then he's putting a lot of faith in his players. And even though we had a poor preseason, I think... The Leon game, the Community Shield were examples of what we've seen last season and what we can improve. In terms of improvement, I'd like to point out that um, I was watching this YouTube video where um, Klopp and Linders were watching, I think, a short video of the entire Champions League highlights. Some of those important moments like Firmino goal, Alisson save, and all those moments. And they were... Uh, recollecting those uh, uh, those games and Klopp mentioned about uh, a particular thing that really uh, caught my attention which was second phase goals. What I mean by second phase goals is for example if you remember Van Dijk's goal against Wolves um, where Salah lobbed the ball in and Van Dijk it was just a simple uh, tap in for him. These are second phase goals. There was a set piece or something in that situation and the ball was deflected towards the path of Salah and he immediately locked the ball in. Van Dijk was ready to finish it. And these, this is what I mean by second phase goals. Um, since his arrival, I think there's several changes to the way we play. Um, so many uh, interesting uh, gameplays that we've seen. Like, for example, um, our equalizer against Man City last season. We literally dominated the whole possession, moved the ball around very calmly, and it was Trent's pass, uh, Robertson's cunningness, and Firmino's finish. So these sort of 
interesting things that we've seen over the years. And I think Klopp really wants to do more with the squad uh, he has in his disposal. Um, I'm really excited to see Sepp uh, get some minutes on the pitch, especially in uh, cup games or something. And wherever he gets a chance, Harvey Elliott, um, Adrian in the cup games. So I'm really excited to see what uh, Klopp really has to, uh, what Klopp plans are and what the players really have to offer. It's a, yeah, very good answer. Go on, Mast. I like what you said, Karen. I think you described it well there when you said that Klopp is putting a lot of faith in his players. And he's taking a gamble, basically, by not signing anybody because I, I keep fluctuating. I don't know if it's Klopp's decision not to sign anybody or if it's FSG or if the targets aren't available. We don't know exactly, but if it is Klopp's decision, I think he's taking a gamble. And he, he's taking a gamble that might work, might not work. Either way, if we win the league, we will have to overperform. We will have to overachieve, and we will have to maximize the potential of a lot of people in the squad, including Naby Keita, including Ox, including Shakiri. These guys didn't play a lot last season, but they can improve. They can take us to the next level if their levels increase. Origi, for example, as well. He could come up with a few amazing goals as well. We know how he loves to come up with a big goal. So so there's there's a lot of potential and there's a gamble we're taking. Maybe maybe City losing company and Sane is enough for us to level the playing field and for us to go and maybe be maybe take the title from them. I don't know. Because Sane won and- them a lot of games. Company won them a that crucial game against Leicester. Who knows? Like uh, Mesh said about Sane is leaving, I think probably him and Hazard, Hazard leaving, I think it's a great bonus for us, I think, this season. Because they were tried for us whenever we played them. They they turned up, like, they were like, how to say, they turned up every time we play against them. But I think by for them, they are leaving, I think it's a good chance for us. Especially Sane, I would say. He's, I don't know, he suddenly pops out from nowhere and then he scores goals against us and that's what happened last season so I think I'm happy that he's leaving <laughs> and company gets away with like 10 records a season so at least we don't have to see that <laughs> go ahead <laughs> yes, totally totally um, well no this is all very interesting but let me just say at this point that we are recording this on Tuesday for our listeners because you never know there might be some kind of last minute uh, transfer deal that we don't know about yet um, and I've just been looking up uh, well Nicola Pepe I mean regular listeners to cop on will know I've been banging the drum for Nicola Pepe for about you know well since about October but obviously that's not going to materialize now but my plan B or my plan A.2 uh, would be Ryan Fraser from Bournemouth and I just got this tiny hope in the back of my mind that Harry Wilson's going to go to Bournemouth we're going to buy Ryan Fraser on the back and that that's someone I would love to bring in but you know it's a very interesting point that we haven't seen the best yet of Shakiri. Um, and, uh, you know, Origi even, you know, on the wing. So if the worst does happen to Mo Salah, we could, yeah, you know, maybe we've we've already got enough in the tank to go with it. I mean, just uh, I'll just ask you, uh, you know, quickly, uh, people, if, if there is any last minute, you know, kind of possible transfer. I mean, not, not, not messy, obviously, but, you know, some, something quite realistic. That anyone that you would like to bring in? Anybody? 
I genuinely don't think we're gonna bring in anybody. I think it's over for us because it's not like we 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 need numbers. We don't need numbers off the bench. We need more quality on the bench. So I think we're we're pretty settled right now. I don't think we're bringing anyone. I think what we lacked last season was the goals from the midfield and also the how to say the assists for midfield. I think if we could add someone that you know like attacking midfield, I think it would be a great deal for us because last season we we have seen our two fullbacks is the one like assisting our strikers but i think there were not much movement or deliveries from the midfield i think if we can add on someone you know i know we have like attacking midfielders you know like ox maybe but i think those the player like like we had our ex player like philip know that who can pop out from nowhere and score goals from outside the box i think maybe if we can add a player such player but i'm not saying we can we are bringing back coach here but i don't personally i don't think so we'll bring him because i don't i don't think club will agree to that but if any player with that caliber i think it would be a great addition for us you know because the midfield i think we need someone from the midfield to step up this season and score goals because we were lacking in that space. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, good one. Absolutely. Um it's uh but I've got a possible solution for this. I I I was thinking about this today because one of my favorite things in football and one of my favorite things about Jurgen Klopp is that he pulls these wild cards that nobody sees coming like Milner spending a season at left back and you know bringing in Trent for his debut at Old Trafford, you know. He, he just pulls these things out of his hat sometimes like Lalana in the 6. I mean he he's going to probably spend all season there and that's a that's a wonderful move as well, I think. But I was thinking about this one what if we we played either Kijana Hoover at right back or Joe Gomez at right back and this creative midfielder could be Trent we move him further up because he's got a great shot and he's you know great creativity I don't know would that work Karen and also Karen would you would you bring anybody in in the last minute um, this transfer window, I think we're done. But uh, like Tivia mentioned, that we really like goals from the midfield last season. And I want to see more of that. I've mentioned this in uh, the earlier podcast episode that um, I really think that we need we need players who could score from the midfield. Like, for example, in the preseason where Henderson had a perfect chance to score from a cutback, but he missed. So we need we need to convert such chances uh, so that uh, even the midfield enjoy the the joy of scoring goals. Um, but I think this transfer window we're done. But as the season progresses in the January transfer market, you could send someone like that. But also another thing that uh, I wanted to mention was uh, Bruno Fernandes. Um, I think if someone we're going to sign, then in that sort of caliber, then it's going to be him. But uh, I'm just going to see how the season progresses out and uh, um, let's see who are we going to sign. Um, and in speaking of Trent, um, before switching to right back, he was actually a central midfield player. And his long range shots are impressive. He takes free kicks. So um, he's really going to be creative, I think, if he play there. You never know because uh, Klopp really, out of the blue, he just... Uh, creates wonders so I think if this is one of the wonders we're going to see this season I'll be really happy with it thank you so much 
Norwich City on the weekend. The oh, the main event, the 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 meat in the sandwich of August. This is such an exciting time. This is where it all kicks off for me. Forget your McDonald's cup. Norwich at home on a Friday night. Bring on the season. Bring on the European champions. Um, I knew bugger all about Norwich uh, before I tried uh, uh, to research them a little bit earlier on today. Um, they've brought in six players uh, in, in, the, in the window. Um, I'll just bring up their names. I uh, don't really know any of them. There's Ralph Farman, who's a goalkeeper from Schelke. Sam Byram from West Ham. I remember the name. Daniel Adshead from Rochdale in League One. There's a sort of, you know, crazy shout there, but the great one. Josip Dermich from Borussia Mönchengladbach on a free transfer. And um, Rocky Bouchiri from Oostend in the Jupiler Pro League in Belgium. Uh, and the fee just has a question mark on transfer market. So anywhere between a free transfer and 200 million for Rocky Bouchiri. And uh, one name that caught my eye was Patrick Roberts, who in back in 2015 was called the English Messi. Um, uh, unfortunately, he's not very good anymore. Uh, I think he had a bad injury in 16-17 when he was at Celtic. Um, he was on loan last season at Girona or Girona in Spain. He played 21 times with no goals and one assist. So perhaps, you know, the the, the media perhaps overplayed, uh, you know, a young player. They They built up this young player to be too much, which is very unlike the English media. Um, Norwich, do you know anything about them, TV? I mean, what are you expecting for Friday? Yeah, Norwich, I think we had a great game against them. I think the past seasons, especially Suarez, he had a feast on them, like scoring four goals, five goals against them. It was a great achievement. I think the last game against them was the drama at Carroll Road. I think 5-4, right? I think so. That was yes. the nail biter. That was the game that I won't forget. You know, I gave up. <laughs> Usually, I wouldn't give up, but that time I gave up. Oh my god! It's, they're like conceding goals like nobody else. Like oh my god, <laughs> it was a terrible defense we had. But I think yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. You know, they have a good goal scorer. The name Timu Puki. Like I think he won the. Play of the, I think, play of the season. I think so, yeah. Or he was the top scorer, yeah, in the championship. One of those, yeah, absolutely. I think he would be a threat for us, maybe. I'm not sure, but we would see. But I'm looking forward to the name of Sam Byram. They were, he was highly rated, I think, from West Ham. But I was, I didn't see much playing much at West Ham. But the stat shows maybe he's a good player. But I'm looking forward this weekend, like. We are welcoming our European champions back to our fortress. So I'm looking forward to the game. I think it will be a goal feast for Liverpool. I'm going for a 3 or 4 now for Liverpool. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, that would be lovely. I mean, would you would you stay lying down when it's three or four nil and only celebrate at full time like normal TV? Yes, I think I, I'm going to just continue doing because this is my... <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like people have their superstitions before their game. So I think this is one of my superstitious thing that I have to do. It's like whenever I didn't do this, you know, it's like the team is going to lose. It's like that. So it's nothing, but I'm just going to be like that because last season, the whole season, I was just like that. Even the final, the Champions League final, you wouldn't believe me. I was awake at 3 a.m. because the game was 3 a.m. at Malaysia. So I I was awake at three, you know I I didn't watch the game at all. I was just I was just sitting on the on my bed and I was just staring at the wall. It's like throughout the ninety minutes because the past two finals we have been Europa League and also the Champions League. I think I don't think I'm just lucky enough to watch because yeah those kinds of things. But I just. I was just staring at the wall for 90 minutes. I just got down. Wow. So you were just listening to the to the to the commentary? No, no. I was just staring. I didn't hold my phone at all. I was just sitting on my bed. I was just staring at the wall for the 90 minutes. This is the first time I I would did that. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. I was I don't know. It was like that. <laughs> But I hope maybe I can change. But I don't think I can change much this season. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very exciting season. You might want to watch at least some of it. Maybe at least the Norwich match. And then I tell you what, watch on Friday night. And if we lose, then yeah, I mean, that's it. You can't you can't watch us for the rest of the season. But uh, no, I don't think... I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've heard of some superstitions, but this is a this is a very extreme one, Tivi. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, okay. Um, um, Majd, uh, where are you going to watch it on Friday? And what what are you thinking? The same, the same, like three four nil. I'm watching it at the pub, and I'm thinking, yeah, three four nil, easy game. I know nothing about Norwich. All I know is that they have a German coach, and that's it. And any any time I hear about a German coach, all I think is a Jurgen. All I think of is a Jurgen Klopp wannabe. So, <laughs> so in my head, we're winning this three four nil. It's gonna be easy. The Luis Suarez game could become the Mo Salah game. It could be the Sadio Mane game. Whoever fancies getting a hat trick, or the Bobby Firmino game. Let's see. But uh, yeah, I'm expecting an easy game, and I really hope they parade the European Cup before the game. Just walk around the field because I really want to see that. I want to see the fans celebrate inside Anfield. That'd be great. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I'm sure they will have something lined up for 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 before the match like that. Yeah, the European champions. Oh, we're still oh yeah, we're still the European champions, aren't we? Doesn't that feel all jubbly? Uh Norwich City just looking at uh, the last season's championship table. Uh they finished on 94 points at the top of the championship, 5 points ahead of Sheffield United who are in second. And uh, eight points ahead of Leeds, who are in third. Um, uh, yeah, Norwich. I mean, you've got to be really excited, haven't you, Karen? But uh, just one, one quick word about Puki. Um, I know about him only because I've got a friend from Finland, and he's a Finnish international. And apparently, when when Brazil played Finland uh, a few years ago in a friendly, uh, the Finnish fans were all singing, "We've got." Pookie, who the hell have you got? Which I think is a really funny chant. Uh, but anyway, um, Karen, <laughs> Karen, are you excited? Uh, yes, I'm very excited for the season to start. Um, when I think of Norwich, it always reminds me of uh, two different eras. One era was the Suarez era, where he completely destroyed Norwich. 
And the other era was the game at Carrot Road where Lallana scored the winner. Um, but that team is different to what uh, the squad is right now. Um, I'm not saying it's it's gonna be very easy, but it is it is gonna be easy, but not that easy as it was before. So I'm expecting a three nil victory, um, and like Matt says, that either Salah game or a Mane game, possible hat trick for either of them. But I'm really excited to see how are we uh, gonna play against Norwich because we have a really good history with them. So I'm really excited. Uh, I can't wait for the season to start. I'm going to watch it at home in my room, the same room where I was watching the Champions League final. You've seen the room moment, so this is the exact same room um, with my father. And I think it's going to be really exciting. Can't wait. Yeah, I have seen the room. It looks amazing. A proper tribute to the mighty Reds. Jürgen's blunderbuss is going to get fired out on Friday. Um, So, uh, you know, it's all very, 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 very exciting. At the end, just quickly, Tivi, how did you get into the Reds in the first place? I know they're massive in Malaysia. Yes, I think I was six or seven. I think, I don't know, I just started to support. I think it was because of my uncle, because he was a huge Liverpool fan. He always reminded me of the legends like Ray Clemens, Alan Kennedy, Ian Drive, you know, the way that they played, you know. From there, I was, like, interested in this club. But, you know, it's not, it's a usual thing in Malaysia where, like, like you see example, you know, the family will have the grandparents, the parents, and also the children will inherit the Liverpool supporting Liverpool but it's not like that here it's like as, as you see for me in my family I think my father is a city supporter you know and I'm a Liverpool supporter so it's not like the whole generation is supporting the same team so but for me I took the initiative I want to support this team because when I got into supporting this club, I think during the Torres and Gerard era, I think that was the season that I would, I really fell in love with this club. You know, I thought I would never think of any other club than Liverpool. Since then, I'm just going strong. I think it's just 14, 15 years back I started. So I hope in eternity, I think so. I'm, I'm just going to be a Liverpool supporter till I die. That's it. <laughs> I would just say a huge thanks to my uncle for introducing me to Liverpool. But, you know, he was just he was just telling me about the legends, how they played, you know, how Liverpool was a huge gun, you know, in the 90s, the 80s. You know, that was a really treat to watch. So I think, yeah, I, I would say a huge thanks for my uncle for introducing me, Liverpool, to me. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a wonderful answer. And yeah, once a red, always a red. I'm sure you'll stay, you'll stay with us now because you can't, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're lucky enough to be able to choose a team to support, like in, in Malaysia, like you just explained, then why would you choose anyone apart from Liverpool? It doesn't make any sense. But uh, there you go. That's for other people to answer and not us because we've made the right choice, the good choice we're fighting the good fight, and it all starts on Friday. So thank you so much, TV. Thank you so much to Karen, and thank you so much to Majd. Um, I'll speak to you all soon. Um, yeah, thanks. And thus, 
as we impatiently wait for the old sorcerer to magic the sands through the hourglass, may I just say thank you infinitely plus one for listening. If you wish to contribute to Copon for as little as one measly dollar per month and win prizes for doing so, please go to patreon.com forward slash cop on podcast if that's neither your bag nor your cup of tea why not share this episode with a friend neighbor local vet florist or undertaker now i should leave you with some words from the great elizabethan poet john milton the world was all before them where to choose their place of rest and providence their guide they, hand in hand, with wandering steps and slow, through Eden took their solitary way up the red.